This is another message brought to you by the Remodel Church. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. I'll explain what talents are here in a little bit. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, They were very grieved and came and told their master all that he had done. After he called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you. If each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your presence that we've already felt in this place. We ask you, God, this morning that you would help us to understand your word, help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, all seven of you said amen. Forgiveness. So a few things that I want to explain to you because we don't use talents and we don't use denarii. These were, uh, this was currency back in the day. So a few notes if you want to take. One denarii equals one day's pay, pretty much is what it was. One denarii equaled a day's pay. So when this man owed this man a hundred denarii, he owed him how many days pay? One hundred. Now, it's important to know, to give context to the story, it's important to know that in those days, if I owed you money then, and I wasn't able to pay it off, what I would do is I would actually go work for you. And uh, so if I owed you 100 denarii, then I would go and work for you for 100 days. I would pick up rocks, clear brush, paint walls, whatever, you know, what, whatever I had to do. So 100 denarii equaled 100 days of work, Right? So this was the second man. The second man owed owed the servant that had already been forgiven 100 days of labor. 
And he threw him into prison. He said, you're going to work for me. You're going to be my slave until you pay me off. So he's looking at 100 days of working for him to pay him off. The first servant owed how much? Anybody remember? 10,000 talents. Talents are different from denarii. One talent equals six denarii. So one talent equaled how many days of work? 6,000. And he didn't owe one talent. He owed 10,000 talents. So if his master was going to be the same way that he was, to pay off that debt, he had to work six, no, sorry, 60 million days, which translates. 164,384 years. I guess he bought a couple of yachts off of him. I don't know how he got his debt up that high. But that's what he owed him. And that's what he had been forgiven. His master grabs him. He says, you owe me 10,000 talents. You owe me 60 million days of work. And he falls down to his knees. He says, I'm sorry, I can't pay you, but please be patient with me. Be merciful with me. And the master says, you know what? I, I'm in a good mood today. I'm going to forgive you. Well, this dude on his way home finds somebody that owes him 100 denarii, somebody that owes, owes him merely 100 days of work. Mind you, he just got forgiven 60 million days of work. And he runs into this cat who owes him 100 days of work and he grabs him by the throat, Jesus says. He grabs him by the throat and he says, pay me what you owe me right now. He does the exact same thing. He falls to his knees. He says, I'm sorry, I can't pay you right now, but if you'll be patient with me, I promise you, I'll work it off. I'll pay you off. He says, no, 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 no. If you're not paying me right now, then I'm going to everything that you have and I'm going to throw you in my prison and you're going to be my slave until you work your debt off. It's crazy. Mind boggling. That somebody could, that had been forgiven of so much, would not be able to forgive so little. And Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. <clears throat> Whenever we don't forgive those that have those that have sinned against us, those that maybe talked bad about us or did something against us, hurt us some way, somehow, when we don't forgive them because it just hurts, because the pain is too deep, whenever we don't forgive them because, well, they simply don't deserve it. Jesus is saying, you don't understand how of a debt you have been forgiven. And what is against you, what is owed to you, what you're holding a grudge about is very small, even irrelevant compared to what you have been forgiven. So I'm going to share with you a few things first. What forgiving is not, what forgiving is not. Number one, forgiving is not an emotion. It is a choice. If we go back to this story. And I want you to highlight these things because this this will kind of hopefully put a little bit in our minds. Go back to verse 27. The first servant is begging at this moment 
And he says, then the master of that servant was moved with what? Compassion. He was emotional. He felt an emotion and he thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and forgive you. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It is a choice because right now he's feeling compassionate. But then let's jump down to verse 34 and let's see how he feels. And his master was angry. And when he got mad, what did he do? He throwed him in prison. You see, forgiveness is not an emotion. It has to be a choice because at the moment, whenever they're in front of us saying, I'm sorry, hugging, we're sobbing, we're crying, we're getting all of our nice feelings out and all of that good stuff that all of us love to do, especially us men love to do that kind of stuff, huh? But whenever we're in that moment, we may feel a little bit of emotion and we might get, may get emotional and we'll say, you know what, I forgive you. But then, later on that day, later on that week, later on that month, it just keeps eating at us and eating at us, eating at us. And we start getting angrier and angrier and angrier, angrier at them. And then we decide, uh, I actually don't forgive you anymore. And that's why whenever you fight, you bring up all of this old stuff that had already supposedly been resolved years or months ago. Because forgiveness is not an emotion. It has to be a choice. I have to choose to forgive you. If I'm going to sit around and wait until I feel like forgiving you, probably not ever going to happen. Because the truth is, some pain and some hurts and some cuts are very, very deep. And there's probably some people in your life that you've been angry at and you've been bitter at for years. Not just days, but years. Maybe there's some of you that it's a relative, maybe even a mother or a father because they abandoned you, because they did things, because they cheated, they did wrong, they lied, they stole, whatever. And we just can't seem to get past it. And if you keep waiting for the day that it doesn't hurt anymore, if you keep waiting for the day where you just don't ever think about it anymore and now you can forgive, that's probably never going to happen. Forgiveness has to be a choice, not an emotion, not a time, not a day when we feel like forgiving, but a day when we choose to forgive. Number two, forgiveness is not forgetting. Psalms 103 verse 11 and 12 just highlight it there in your notes because it's a great scripture. But it says, excuse me, it says that God has taken our sin and he has separated it as far as the east is from the west. But it is not forgotten. So I don't forgive because I have forgotten about it. And whenever I choose to forgive, it that I'm going to forget about it. And I might, have, I might forgive you today and maybe tomorrow or the next day I might get angry again. But if it's a choice that I have made, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to forgive. Even if I'm angry a week later, two months later, whatever it may be. I don't forget about it, but it's a choice that I have decided to let go of it. I've decided to forgive. 
So just because we forgive something or someone doesn't mean that we have forgotten about it. Doesn't mean that we should forget about it. Doesn't even mean that we can even forget about it. It just means that we've let it go. Number three. Forgiving is not removing all of the consequences. Because I forgive you does not mean that there are no consequences. And here in your notes, I encourage you, I, I just put down verse 13 and 14, but, but I encourage you to read the entire chapter. And what has happened here in 2 Samuel is, is David has killed an innocent man. And the reason David killed this innocent man is because he was trying to cover up an affair. You see, David was a king of Israel had all of the power that he could ever wanted. And you see, David was a man of war from his childhood. David and Goliath, you know, he killed, he slayed Goliath. He killed lions and bears with his bare hands. Incredible man. He was a killer. He was a fighter. And at this time in history, his country, his nation is at war, but he stays home. And one day as he's out, Walking in his balcony, he happens to look down into a pool and he sees there a woman, Bathsheba's her name. And he sees her, she's bathing, she's naked. And because David is king, he has all the power of the world. He pretty much summons her. He says, I want her. Now, mind you, David is married and so is Bathsheba. Matter of fact, her husband is at the war that David should be at. And so David calls her up. They conceive a child. And when he finds out that she's pregnant, he comes up with this great idea. He says, oh, all I have to do is bring her husband home. He'll go sleep with his wife. And all of this is covered up. They think the baby is his. Except for it doesn't work out that way. He calls her husband And instead of going home and sleeping with his wife, what he does is he actually sleeps at the the stairway on the steps of the kingdom, of the palace. And he says, there's no way that I can go home in the comfort or be in the comfort of my bed with my wife when my brothers, when my family is at war fighting. I can't do that to them. So when this happens, David says, well, okay. Plan A didn't work. Let's try plan B. So then he decides he's going to get him drunk. And he invites him to the, to, the, to the king or to the castle there. They sit down and they eat. Gives him the best wine. Gets him drunk. Gets him wasted. He's thinking for sure now he'll go home and he'll sleep with his wife. All of this mess is covered up. It still doesn't work. So then David goes to plan B, plan C, excuse me. And he tells his generals, he tells his captains, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take him and put him on the front lines. And I want you to go deep past enemy lines. And once you are in the center of all of the chaos, once you are in the center and in the heat of the battle, everybody draw back except for him. You leave him in the middle of the the chaos, in, in the middle of the battle, all by himself. That's exactly what they did, and he died. And then when, when the prophet comes and confronts him, he lets him know, God forgives you of your sin, but 
there will be consequences. This is actually what he tells them. He says, you're going to live, but your son, he's going to die. You see, forgiveness doesn't mean that there's no consequences anymore. Just because I have forgiven someone doesn't mean that the slate is wiped away and we don't pay for our actions. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way with God and it doesn't work that way with us. You see, if I commit sin, if I do wrongs, there are consequences for my actions. And I may be forgiven. God may have forgiven me and God extends his grace when I do repent. But that doesn't mean that I get away with everything scot-free. So maybe some of us, maybe for some of us, this is what we battle with in forgiving. Is we're, we're battling about or battling with the consequences and should there be consequences for our actions? And the answer is yes. You see, when Zion does wrong, I forgive him, but he still gets his booty spanked. And not in a loving, kind way either. That would be weird. When we commit wrongdoing, we have consequences for our, for our actions. And when others commit wrong, they have consequences as well. Forgiving does not mean there are no more consequences. When we're forgiven by God, it doesn't mean that we don't get any consequences. It doesn't mean that everything is wiped, wiped clean And there's no repercussions for our actions. Number four. Go to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. I want you to highlight this verse. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. If you're in Matthew, go to the left. Proverbs is actually just right after the book of Psalms. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. Number four is forgiving does not mean that we're trusting again. When I forgive somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that I trust them again. When I forgive some, somebody, it doesn't mean that they get to gain access back to that part of my life. When somebody really hurts me deep, cuts me deep, and does me wrong, it doesn't mean that they get to have all of the access and all of the privileges that they had before. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean that I trust them. Doesn't mean that everything goes back to to the way it was. Doesn't mean everything goes back to normal. It just means that I've forgiven. And if I can't trust somebody, that doesn't mean that I haven't forgiven them. You see, trust is one of those things that's really hard to gain but real easy to lose, isn't it? And just because I forgive somebody doesn't mean that they've gained all that trust back. 
So forgiving does not mean trusting. This is what forgiving is. Number one, forgiving is refusing to seek my own revenge. Go to 1 Peter chapter 21, verse 23. 1 Peter is going to be towards the very, very back of your Bible. First Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 23. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteousness, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, have, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21. Go to the left if you're there in, uh, in 1 Peter. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21. Repay no one for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Highlight that, man, that is good. Do not overcome, e- overcome by evil, excuse me but overcome evil with good. Forgiving means refusing to seek my own revenge. I had a conversation with my wife just, just a couple of days ago, actually. Um, there's a, I, I sell, that's, that's what I do for, I'm bivocational, and so selling insulation is how I make the majority of my money, um, which isn't a whole lot, but that's the way I make it. Anyways, and... Uh, there's this one guy, he's a competitor, and this dude is like just one of those guys you just don't want to deal with. He's, he's a liar, and he will literally say anything. He'll lie, cheat, anything to take work away from me. And it's so hard not to hate the dude. I'm just going to be honest. So hard not to hate him. And uh, so Thursday, me and my wife were, uh, Zion had a, a dentist appointment there in Texarkana, so I, I said, hey, you know what? We can all go together. I can get some work done while you're doing that, and, and it will be a, a cool day. Well, they're with me, and we're just driving around, actually waiting on, on a customer, and we're just driving around, and I'm like, let's go check out this house. It should be co- coming up, should be ready. One of my contractors is doing it. We drive through, and I'm like, hey, that looks like there's insulation. 
And uh, sure enough, it was already insulated. And I figure out who did it. And I'm like, I should just go and try to steal all of its contractors right now. I should just start calling them up and just cheat prices. And I'm, I'm, I'm venting to my wife is what's happening. And then at the end of it all, I said, no, you know what? Every time something like this happens and I don't do something about it, I don't try to be revengeful or try to take my own vengeance. Every time I do that, it always seems to work out better for me. So I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to call the customer. I'm just going to drop it right there because every time I don't try to take vengeance in my own hands, it always seems to work out better. You see, that's what forgiving looks like. Forgiving means that I'm not trying to take revenge for myself. Forgiveness means that I know that God is a righteous God. I know that God is a, is a God of righteousness and he is a just God. And I know that what, what is evil in my eyes will be evil in the sight of God. And he'll deal with that on his own timing in his own way. But if I try to take things into my own hands and if I try to whatever, usually what happens is I end up hurting myself even worse. Usually what happens when you try to take revenge on somebody, you don't only hurt that person, but you actually end up hurting other people that you love. Have you ever been in that kind of situation? You're so angry, you're so mad, you're so hurt that you want to be, you want to take revenge. And so you do, instead of forgiving, you choose to take revenge. And in so doing, you hurt somebody else that you never intended to hurt, that should not, that should not have been hurt. Forgiveness is just simply saying, you know what, I'm letting go of this. It's out of my hands. I'm just going to leave it in God's hands and just trust that he'll take care of it the way he wants to take care of it. Trust that he is a righteous God. Trust that he has all things in control. And I'm just going to let him have it. I'm going to let him take over. That's what forgiving is. Number two, forgiving is refusing to be consumed by the past. Refusing to be consumed by the past. Let's go to uh, Ephesians, since we're in Romans already. Go to Ephesians, it's going to be to the right. Chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 through 32. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So highlight that. 
Highlight, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. Forgiving is refusing to be consumed by the past. You see, a lot of times the, the walls that we build up of unforgiveness, the, the walls of unforgiveness that we build up to supposedly protect us and keep us from everybody else are actually walls that surround us and imprison us. And whenever I keep resentment and unforgiveness in my heart, then what I'm doing is I'm not hurting you, I'm actually hurting myself. So many times, I guarantee you, all of us at one point in time or another have kept unforgiveness in our heart and we see somebody in the store or at school or at work or driving down the road and they just seem happy as can be and we're ticked off because they're happy. I'm the only one. We get ticked off because they smiled. What, the, what are you smiling at me for? What? kidding me? You see, forgiving is refusing to live in the past. Forgiving is refusing to build up these walls that would imprison ourselves and not others. Refuse, or, or forgiving is refusing to let that person control me. Ref, forgiving is refusing to allow my emotions to become overwhelmed by hate and by bitterness every, t every time I see that person. That's what forgiveness looks like. Forgiveness doesn't set them free. It sets me free. It sets you free. And that's what forgiveness is. It's refusing. It is absolutely refusing to be consumed by the past. And some of us can't move on, can't move forward because we're trapped in the past of our hurt and of our pain. We're trapped in the past somebody else did to us or did uh, against us. Refuse to be consumed by the past. Refuse to allow somebody else to control your emotions and control the way you feel that day. Decide today to let it all go and absolutely forgive everything. Let's trust that God is sovereign. Let's trust that he is a righteous God. Let's give it away. Number three, forgiving is giving to others what God has already given to me. Forgiving is giving to others what God has already given to me, to us. We choose to forgive. I'm going to give you two reasons why you need to choose to forgive today. Number one, because forgiveness is a very, very big deal. It's a very, very big deal. And I want you to highlight these scriptures. I want you to go there. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 through 38. This is why forgiveness is a big deal. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. If you don't have a highlighter, we've got some in the back. I do recommend that you keep a pen and you keep a highlighter with your Bible. 
just highlight good scriptures every now and then, something that jumps out at you. You never know when that might come in handy in the future. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be, what? Forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. It is a big, big deal to forgive. And if I forgive others, then God forgives me. And if I don't forgive others, then God doesn't forgive me. Number two, because we all need forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. I encourage you to highlight that as well. We'll read it very quickly, but it says pretty much the same thing. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive me in their trespasses, your, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive me in their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If I forgive others who have hurt me, then God will forgive my sins. But if I don't forgive others that have hurt me, then God will not forgive my sin. We need to forgive today because we need forgiveness. There's not a single one of us that could ever make it a day without God's forgiveness. You sure don't want to live a lifetime without it. So just a question, just a thought. I'm not saying this is the way it is. It's just a thought. What if God's forgiveness for you only ran as deep as what you were willing to forgive? I'm going to say it again. What if God's forgiveness for you only ran as deep as what you were willing to forgive? Somebody accidentally bumps into us. Yes, sorry. Oh, no big deal. It's okay. Somebody accidentally says your name wrong. Apparently, EJ is just impossible to say right over the phone. Yeah, big, no big deal. I forgive you. It's okay. Oh, sorry. It's cool. But deeper pain, deeper cuts, bigger lies, deception, all of those things I, seem, I, I tend to hold on to a little bit longer. And what if God's forgiveness for you and for I only ran as deep as what we were willing to give. It's just a what if. That's just a thought. I want to encourage you this morning to no longer be bound by the walls, no longer be bound in a prison that you have built yourself, and to set yourself free this morning and forgive. Forgiveness is such a big deal. It's talked about and said over and over and over in the Bible. And I believe the reason forgiveness is such a big deal in the Bible is because God wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be bound and consumed by our past. He doesn't want us to be living in pain and hurt every single day. He wants us to live free. He gave us, matter of fact, he came to this earth to give us that freedom. 
to give us an abundant life. So I want to encourage you to make that phone call this week, to have that conversation this week. And just let go. Just forgive. This is the end of the message. For more information, please visit theremodelchurch.com. Thank you.